Welcome back to Pewology. This is our show where the people in the pews get to weigh in. A whole bunch of fun stuff. Yes. Spirituality, morality, politics, uh, COVID. Bible, COVID, COVID. <laughs> race. doctors, race, race. No. <laughs> race. Romans. That's, that's always good. That's always good. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal, uh, ladies. Um, okay. We are starting a new series on Sunday. So the okay. church goes into a new series on Sunday. We're going to go uh, expository, verse by verse, ooh, ooh. through the book of Galatians. There we go. Now here, Not Romans. Well, here's the... <laughs> here's the problem. Here's the problem with the book of Galatians. This, this, is, the, this is the thing, right? Um. Okay, so when it comes to the Reformation, we're all descendants, whether we realize it or not, of this reclaimed Christianity, this reclaimed gospel. So this, you know, the Catholics who had a monopoly on everything at some point had just drifted from the kind of the foundations, I would say, of 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 just the word, the simplicity of the word. And along comes this monk and he starts to review this whole thing, read the word. And there are two books, two books that shape his thinking. There are two books that launch the reformation. There are two books that change everything. And it is Galatians and Romans. And when we did Romans, boy, did things get shook up. It went, it went real well. Boy, did things get the shook up. The great exodus, as we like to call it. <laughs> I remember saying, I remember being in the hallway with like a couple of you guys and and say, like, I remember, I don't know if it was you, I can't remember who was in the hallway. I remember something. A but we were in the hallway at the church and they were like, man, we really need to do like a deeper, like verse by verse. me. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what you're asking for. And then they were like, no, man, we should do Romans. And I was like, I really don't think you know what you're asking for, <laughs> you know? And, and everybody was like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It'll be great. Blah, blah, blah. And we were like four or five weeks in and it was like. Great. It's- one of the most blood spilled defining moments in the church. Yeah, I would say, and and usually, so so let, let me say it this way. I, I wrote this down today. If I had to put into words the the difference between Romans and Galatians, Galatians is shorter, but if Romans is explaining what the gospel is, then Galatians is explaining what it is not. Right, and that's really the the, mm-hmm. the the delineation between the two. So Romans is Paul's articulation of the gospel, like his, yeah. And then Galatians is like, look, I started this church with the gospel. Now you're off track. Let me tell you why it's off track and what it's not. What what you now have is not the gospel, right? And so that's really what it is. So it, it's even, I would say, slightly more ab- abrasive, a little bit. It's it's shorter. It's quicker. It's as a matter of fact, it's just more like, ba, 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 you know what I'm saying? And so... Uh, Separates the, the chafe from the wheat. Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking today, I'm like, we want, we love doing these things. We love getting into it. But then, um, you know, I think when we get into it, I don't think we, we realize that the, that the Bible still is a, it's a sword, man. It divides. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? The truth is, yeah. oh yeah, it can divide and it can be divisive. Uh, Bone and marrow. It's yeah. so crazy to me though, because to me that Roman study was like one of the most humbling, like eye-opening studies that I've done. Yeah. 
to this day, I'm like, wow. I thought man. it was encouraging. Yeah. So, yeah. I changed so much. Like, my faith, until that day, I always felt like, oh my gosh. And, like, I, I always go back to, like, the, the little part where everybody's like, well, you know. And it's almost like we're still back in those days where they're like, well, so you continue sinning? Like, no, that's not it. Like, you don't want to. Yeah, but is it's, that what you got from this? Me? It's not, not, no, yeah, no, exactly. Like, like, yeah. That's what you got from like, all that. You can no, just continue small. sinning however you want. I like, but like at the same time, the lack of awareness of like you do continue sinning, whether you realize it or not, whether you ask for forgiveness or not, mm-hmm. you still continue doing it. Yeah. So you either get to that point of like humbleness of like, oh my god, and there's nothing I you can know? do. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Like I got that. I was like. I was like, man, if I love my kids, like in perspective, right? And I would do anything for these kids. Like how much more would my heavenly father love me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I got from man. It, it like, it changed my faith from a constant, like beating myself down for the things that I couldn't do and, 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 and all of that to like, wow, like I'm really nothing, you know? Cause I used to struggle with all that, with a lot of that stuff and like whether he chose or not. And it's like, well, if God is, Almighty, then why should any of these things be a problem? Yeah, I, th- I, I, you bring up the main point though. The two books still circle the same problem, right? That when, when the gospel, specifically the gospel with the centerpiece being grace, is presented, um, the reaction typically it was at the at, when when the people that Paul was planting churches with heard the gospel. It was the same reaction as it was when we read Romans. Yeah. It was the same reaction. It doesn't – I don't think it matters about time. The yeah. reaction is always, are you saying that we can – are you saying that it doesn't matter then, that people can just go on and live immoral lives yeah. and do whatever they want and no real change, right? That's always the reaction to the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what happened in Acts, and that's what happened – with Paul, that's I think that's why we get to Romans chapter six, and he says, you know, it's a rhetorical question. He's answering the rhetorical question that he constantly gets: Are you saying that we can just go on sending you know the grace of God? I think it's always going to come to the value that you gave that you give God. Like I think that that's what I learned the most out of Romans is like the place of God, like the value of God, like He's like really like above everything. Yeah. So either you consider that your small sins are like nothing, or you like consider like even this small sin. It's like awful to this amazing God. Right. It's either, you know, like that's how I started viewing it. I was like, wow, like even my smallest sins is like, so why is this smaller sin different than somebody else's, what I consider to be a bigger sin? Yeah. You know, like everybody should deserve the same grace. And who am I to tell God who he wants to forgive and who he doesn't, and who he chooses and who he doesn't? Yeah. And at what time? At what pace? Yeah. You know? So are we prepared? Do you think we can do it again? Are you worried? Are you worried at all? <laughs> are you worried at all? Because I figured we'd partner some of the things that we're doing on the podcast with. I think there'll be discussions that pop out of Galatians, and and I think there'll be just general church talk that happens. Just because I think anytime you start focusing on on grace over works, you know, there's always somebody going. Uh, yeah, but you still have to do something, yeah. right? You Faith know, without works, right? Yeah. It's dead. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, th- I think I that's... Think... Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. Here you go. I think um, a lot of people get um, misinterpreted when they're talking about the works because works is the outflow of the reaction 
and your testimony of being saved. It isn't something that's being done to get saved. You know what I mean? Mm. This is an overflow. This is like a response to the love and grace poured into you. And, and now because we want to be obedient, not because we have to be obedient, we go ahead and react in a way that is more conforming to the life of Jesus Christ. But it's by no ways something that is mandatory and we have to go ahead and go about these things in a way to get a better standing with God because he did it all. You know, he said it's finished. He didn't say it's finished, but you still have to do this, that, and the third because if we look at Isaiah, it says, you know, no matter how much righteous deeds we do, it's menstrual rags to this, to our God. You know, like nothing compares doesn't matter how many hours you knock on doors or what scriptures you memorize because he knows our hearts and our motives and what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to be man pleases or God pleases. And I think that's a a big part. You you bring up an interesting point, which is there's always a, like the sidebar conversations that surround the concept of like man's responsibility versus God's grace, right? Like what are we what are we supposed to be doing, right? And does does the grace does does our work, right? Um does our work like somehow validate the grace? It's like, well, God gave us this grace, but unless you work um, you, you prove you prove that you're undeserving of the grace, right? There's always like this backdoor version of works, yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. like added onto the onto yeah. the back. Mm-hmm. So you bring up this interesting point, which which is where what what is the right motivation? Then what is the right? Can we boil down the motivation of obedience? What's the right motivation for obedience? Right. If it can be, if we, if the motivation for obedience is to earn God's approval, we know that can't be the right motivation. Exactly. I think everybody agrees on that point. Even the people that I'm usually, you know, that are usually frustrated with me, I, we agree on that point. Yeah. Right. Nobody. I, I don't know a whole lot. I mean, I guess there's some probably some Mormons out there <laughs> and some some Catholics that would probably take, you know, but but for the most part, Christians would agree. No, no, no. We we agree that it's not by you know, getting right staying with God that we obey. But what is the right motive then? What is the right motive for any good work? What is the right motive for any obedience? What's gratitude. the right motive? Yeah. You think gratitude. it's gratitude? Gratitude. Gratitude. Okay. That's that's what it did to me. Like yeah. in Rome you know, you grow up with these different concepts and you know, people talking in each year, you know, I grew up Catholic and then later on in life, then it, you know, it was like, all right, well let me uh, I mean, later on in life, I guess half of my life at this point, time always shrinks when you really think back. About it. <laughs> but I uh, got dark, you know, in my, in my early twenties, which is about half my life ago. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I got away from that system, um, and just once I started exploring it differently, uh. And, and it wasn't so much about, yeah, like the works-based kind of, you know, it was like, well, no, grace is freely offered to you. You accept it, and then you go from there. Like, the, you, he doesn't need your help. 
Yeah, he did exactly. what he did, and it wasn't exactly. like, and it wasn't like you, know, you chip in too because <laughs> me, the ultimate, you know, the creator, of everything. It wasn't enough. I need your help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, come on. So, you know, ultimately, what, what, uh, I think one of the first things that initiated that in me was a friend of mine. Uh, I was going through some some things, and uh, we were talking, and then uh, he was like. Same thing, kind of along the lines of what you said, um, where he pulled the example of, like, your daughter. Is there anything your daughter could ever do to fall out of favor with you? Like, could, would, could you stop loving your daughter? He said, no, not at all. He said, well, you're imperfect. How much more? Just like you said. I mean, it's like, were you, were you there? Were you doing <laughs> I'm sure it's on a t-shirt somewhere. Was it you? It was a very, like, very similar conversation, and he, and he said that, and I was just like, wow. And I started thinking about it that way, and, and again... It it's it changed things within me to like see it from more of a point of like, yeah, like gratitude. It's not about earning it. It's like out of gratitude, you almost like, I mean, how could you not go into a spirit of like wanting to obey and wanting to like, you know, follow out of gratitude, not out of like trying to earn something out of it, you know? Yeah. That's the switch that got flipped for me. Yeah. Okay. Gratitude. Anybody else? You got, you got another motivating force? I mean... I think you're right. I think it probably is gratitude, but I just think that if the motivation, the motivator at any point is um, personal pride, um, approval, approval, um, yeah, even if it's to get approval from God, whatever it is, right? Which yeah. are tip- oh, for people to see what you're doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that those those motives are you just you don't have to dig deep to realize that they are either impure or so impossible yeah right that either one doesn't lead us to a result i i think that was always the hardest thing to have like i don't know what it is about that that theological conversation that can be so abrasive I- right I think it stems from this, and I could be wrong, but I think it stems from this, right? So we say that the natural outflow of the Holy Spirit is for you to do all these things, to mm-hmm. obey and do all this stuff. But yet, as imperfect as we are, that is not the natural outflow. You actually have to like, like if 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 I don't spend time okay. reading the Bible in man's group, praying, praying, like and doing the things that Being are in fellowship. God, yeah. I slowly start going yeah. out towards worldly things. Mm-hmm. So it's not just saying, oh, well, it's just the natural outflow of the Holy Spirit. Like your life is going to follow what you put into, like what your what your desires are. Not desire, but like what you, what you put your energy towards. So you can't say, I want to be a holy person or, you know, a believer in Christ and do all these things. And everything that you're doing is completely counteractive to that. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions that people say, well, it's, it's the natural outflow. And if that's not flowing, then you're not producing, you know, whatever. But, you know, not everybody works at the same pace. Remember. God doesn't work at any We pace. are at war. Yeah. And the war's in our mind. And it's constantly taking place. Right. It isn't something that's like, the war is won. Easy street. Well, because the enemy is constantly throwing accusations, doubts, sexual immorality thoughts, lust in our minds, you know, because this is where everything starts. It starts in our minds. So 
If we start to believe these things, that's what he says, hey, shield of faith, missiles are being thrown at us, darts is being thrown at us, the enemy's telling us things with our own voices, mind you. So we start getting caught up in, is it me thinking these things? It isn't even us. To me, it's the opposite. Like, to me, it's arrogance and confidence. Mm. Because I get to this point that I'm like, I'm so good, like, God's got me and whatever, that if I let it go to my head, Mm. that I'm good and that, like, I think, like, some of the worst mistakes I've made is when I'm thinking, I got this. Like, not that I got this, like, I got this. But yeah, like, I got this. Like, I'm at a place, my faith is strong enough right now that nothing, and then, yeah. you know, I'm like, I've just, like, debacled this mess, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's because I got... Fully yourself. I, I, I guess yeah, I'm I, trying to, I, this week I was just trying to put myself in the other, the shoes of the other side that I typically, that that that, that books like this from the scripture typically divide really quickly if you've got separation of these theological issues, they become exposed. Right. And the fear that I hear on the other side all the time is you're promoting laziness or lack of commitment or uh, lack of sacrifice or lack of obedience or lack of like does that make sense? Like you're yeah. you're promoting, and which is exactly what they accuse Paul of, right? Like they're right. Telling, the Judaizers. Yeah, that's what they were called. Right? Paul's telling us to break the law, right? Not to follow the law, uh, to dishonor the temple, to dishonor Moses, right? And I I think that always becomes the objection is like, man, yes, it's almost like they look at me and they go, or they look at the the Bible in its rawest sense there in those passages, and they go, yes, this is true. But we have to be very careful because you're going to allow people to not do anything, mm-hmm. right, or not work for anything, or not you know grow up in any way. Or Does that make sense? I think I think part of it is human nature is we want to have a list of okay, tell me how to do it and how yeah. not to do it. And with the with the gospel, it's it's like hey, you don't have to do anything. It's already been done. Right. And so I think for a lot of people. That's hard to like. It, it is hard to grasp. Yeah. Grace and so yeah. Well, that's the the grace is hard grace. to be like. So I don't have to do anything, you know. And but you know the natural outflow though is you know gratitude, sorry, gratitude and and love for other people that comes along with that. You know, you you say a good point. Um, as we were saying, he did it all, and actually he brings us into sanctification. He does it all. Like he he called us. We didn't call him. He sanctifies us. We don't sanctify ourselves. You see what I'm saying? He does it all in his due time. And and I think that's the thing that baffles us because we're prideful and we want to try to take some type of credit and we want to try to attribute something that we've done to go ahead and give us the right to claim that we have this standing with our Father and our Savior, which we really don't. And that goes back to what George says, gratitude. That's what's really the motivation. Thankfulness. Thank you for calling me and allowing me to be a part of this holy family, to be a part, to be able to serve in whatever capacity. doesn't matter. As long as I'm a part of the body, I don't care what part of the body I'm in because I shouldn't even be a part of the body. You see what I mean? And and these are the things that I feel that we fail to realize because it's through him, from him, and to him. Everything. So who's here circumcised? Say what? Don't go jump at once. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, you two were out on the circumcision? Phil and Steve? Yeah, I just felt a little funny. Wait a second. I was just a little like... Is this the real topic? Everybody circumcised? That's what you got? Everybody circumcised? That's a trick question. Yeah, yeah. You're a Philistine? No, you're a Philistine? Awesome. My parents didn't believe in that. That's the thing? Huh? Yeah. Oh, you are? Okay, just one uncertainty. Yeah. Um, no, everybody here is. This, no, this, no, no. He's, he's, uh, this, no, he raised his hand. This, this, this took pressure. a turn. Oh, <laughs> I saw you. It's your pressure. It's your pressure. Well, Mike, the, the big problem in the book of Galatians is circumcision. Damn. Mike, yes, right? ladies. That's the big problem in the book of Galatians, right? <laughs> Are you with the circumcision oh, yeah. part? And so, yeah, so what happens is you've got the gospel, be a... and then a group of people have come in and they've said, well, it's the gospel plus circumcision. Oh, yeah. Right. It will. Okay. So we're going to need you to receive no. Christ and, and be circumcised, right? Take, Which, no take, take part in that old covenant. Yeah. But I have no say in the matter. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. I don't, I don't I'm think nobody. I got done, but it's. <laughs> it's grandfathered in. I grandfathered. There was no big ceremony around it. When I became aware, it was already done. Yeah, I got, got. So, um, so the idea. I mean, we're gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about circumcision because I mean, it, okay. it, it, it is a like today or like the too. It's, no, no, it's no, no. Over the next few months oh. together, because it's just so much of the the right. context of the book. You've got a group that's like, no, no, and and, and it's not just the operation. And it's not just the physicality. It's what it represents. Right. It's it's this outward expression of the... Circumcision of the heart. No, it's, I mean, for them, they would No, said, no, but I'm yeah. saying like like the different ways that we could take what sure. the circumcision is yeah. meaning. Yeah, but this one here, the, it's really the... Physical. The outward mark. Yeah. To, oh, that I'm you're in the end. You're in the end. You're in the end. That's how you tell the world. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if that's all it took, right? If that's all it took. Right. Was a minor surgery. They were lining up back then. I mean, they were lining up, I guess, here in Galatia. Take you know, this foreskin <laughs> off. Like, Where's that flint? They were like, take this foreskin off. Knock it out. I don't care. Extra you got to remove the total eclipse of the part. <laughs> oh. oh, sweet Lord. Hey, you know wow. what I thought about? Um, wow. Do remember, Speaking of circumcisions. Do remember, yeah, I have, yeah, I have speaking, students listening to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, speaking oh. of circumcisions, there, there was a part that was, um, you know, when when Abraham, remember when he, he was grown already? Like, this isn't some little baby stuff. Like, so was my brother. Or um, He got it late? Oh, he was like 30-something. Why did he get it what at 30-something? Some what doctor was going through his roll of decks and was like, I need 40 grand. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Gonzalez, right here. So I took him in the train to get it done. No, but, but what was but in his why mind would he do of why that? he He just thought he was going to perform better. As a man. Really? Yeah. Now, now, what is his thoughts about it after the fact? Was he like, man, I should have never it, got that extra it, two inches thrown off? Where, yeah, no, it didn't. He was like, man, that's He, he really uh, thought there was a performance connection? Yeah, he just, I was like, you just lost three inches, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I was like, they go two inches out. <laughs> exactly, Down the yeah. drain. I've never heard that. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I was like, so was did it work? religious or, you know? No, no it was pure or... vanity. Hey, Your vanity, hey, right. vanity. performance. Let, let right. him know there's a, there's a, there's a doctor who can, who can go ahead Headline. and reverse that if he so chooses to. You put a hoodie on. Reverse, a reverse the circle. There's a reverse. How, how do you do? Uh, never mind. Don't 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 know. answer. You get a turkey neck. <laughs> 
but it's possible. I don't believe that. I don't believe. I am. I am so serious. Yes. Oh, Mike, please Google that while we're talking. Trust me. I'm gonna need some reverse circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. They can make. They chop three inches and they just. You're gonna see. Not even that. You're gonna see like a little piece of your butt missing. They can do a sex change. They can do a reverse circumcision. I. Is there been a person that had a reverse circumcision? Why would you put it back? Mike's about to find out on the church Wi-Fi right now. It doesn't seem out of the Yes, exactly. I mean, look what they can do. Confirmation? I don't see the point in it. I mean, yeah, but... Okay. Wow. All right, we're getting to the point We should probably get back on track. The wheels are... Yeah, it's coming unglued. It's really coming. Hey, who was that sister um, out of the um, out of the twelve? You know, the tribes where they you know made everybody get. Oh, you want to be with a sister? You know, she got raped, and then after that, what, are you what do you mean by sister? What is happening? happening? All right, all right. Let me get this more clear because you know my like sister or <laughs> okay. Sister? It was a sister of one of the of one of the twelve brothers, right? Okay. And some guy had really liked her a lot. You talking about the sons of Jacob? I think so. It sounds like that's what right? he's talking about. And then they went into town. I was like, hey, you want to be with our sister? Don't worry. We're going to forgive you for what you did for that guy. You know, he was a son of some great other guy. And then everybody got circumcised. You and all your people need to get circumcised. Yeah. And, and they, they all got circumcised. All. And then they slaughtered them all. When they were, when they were weak. Yeah, at night. When they, okay. Foreskin restoration yeah. is something that you can do if you were circumcised as a child. It is a method or practice to regrow your You already your got foreskin. this before you, Mike? I'm surprised. There are a I'm few 30. different oh, options for foreskin yeah. restoration, including surgery and skin stretching tools. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what this... Please, I don't, I don't. please send me a picture of the skin stretching. <laughs> no. No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm so good. Hardly interested in any further information on the topic. Yeah. Wow, I am. I this am. says according <laughs> according to Vice, this says it takes a lot of detugging to get your yeah. Back. Nope, <laughs> nope. That that's about enough. Let, let's let's move on. Undo. So wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So here's the interesting part, right? I, I like. Galatians has this funny little moment in it at the end where <laughs> the whole backdrop, the whole backdrop of the book is this circumcision group putting forth the idea of that this physical mark, right, would be part of the religious right to connect somebody to God. But it is interesting that at the very, towards the very end of Galatians, and we'll get to it in the series, that this is exactly what Paul says. He says, he says, uh, you know, as for me, my body bears the mark of Christ. If that's what you want, my body bears the mark, right? And his argument, I mean, think about what he's saying, right? He's like, I've been beaten, stoned, whipped, shipwrecked, left for dead, right? Like, I actually have marks for Christ. If that's what you need, I got them. Which is central to Paul's theology, which is if we actually knew grace and you actually know the depth of God's mercy, you won't do less, you'll do more. Yeah. I mean, that's what he says. My whole life has been turned over and poured out like a drink offering, right? I haven't done less because of this message. I've done more, more than any of you, right? Which is, 
I think a pretty powerful argument for his theology and pretty powerful argument for the message that you can do nothing. That there's no thing, nothing you can do. There's no work. There's no nothing. There's no backdoor work that will prove that you deserve the grace or that you're really in on the grace. There's no front door work that will earn you the grace. There's none. None of it, right? I just love that little passage. He's like, if you want marks, my body has the marks. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it comes from a. Well, I'm not going to say that it comes from a malicious place, but I would think that most people that nowadays that would have a, a problem with that message is it's almost like it's either a sense of like gatekeeping or it's. I don't know. Maybe it's like you know what is it if you're being chased by the bear you just have to not be the slowest you know yeah just, yeah so so it's like they feel as long as they feel like they've got something on the next part it's like well you know i'm doing better than you so but if you eliminate that system then it's like well then I, what I do think... i have over you you know what i'm saying and i don't i don't know that that's coming necessarily from a malicious place maybe it's just indoctrination of like well it's it works 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 no i think it's a lack of belief i think it's a lack of faith lack of... in the and in, in the gospel right like i think you're on to something and, and and I've thought about this a lot, and the only thing that I've landed on is that I think there's such a resistance to the authentic message of the gospel, like the the non-workspace presentation of the gospel. And I think the reason that it's that way is because most people, I think when they really start to think about grace and in, in, the, in the gospel of grace, they get worried because they're like, well, our whole religious system is built in part. On work. Upon works, on requirements, upon shame, upon guilt, upon the system of you got to do, do, do. And if you don't, 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 the church won't work. People won't give. People won't serve. People won't be righteous. Families will fall apart. All this, it's all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? As if that doesn't happen. With yeah, no, we're good at that. We're good at that no matter what. I, you know, but I think that's what they think. You ever heard the phrase? Uh, right. Th- there's like a phrase that says, there's no worse enemy to an immigrant. Uh, to an illegal immigrant, an illegal immigrant that came in and is now legal. You ever heard of that? Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing with people that have overcome like a lot of stuff and became saved. Like there's no worse enemy to somebody that's mm. not saved mm. than somebody that has overcome something ridiculous and now not, and now they're saved because they think that automatically because they did it that that person should do it exactly like they that's did the it. Thing, they think. They think they, think. Well, they, think well, they did it. Well, yes. own it. They're owning it at some right. point. Yeah. Well, glory to yeah. me. I yeah. did it. Look what I came up with. You know, look what I rose above. Right. You? And I think that that's what, I think that that's what the major problem with, with Christianity these days is. That you take the focus away from Christ and what he did on the cross. And it's like, look what I've, I've like what I've achieved. Yes, I've done it through him. But look at everything that I've achieved through him. I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. But I've achieved through him. And meanwhile, this I, person is like, yeah, You're not changing. You're but still I'm here. I'm just getting You're to know like this thing, and mm-hmm. I'm still learning, and I still don't believe everything fully, and I still don't understand this book. Yeah, but you're over here, gets, but yeah, you but can do it too. Christ gets treated like an inspiration. In yeah, that, in like that a motivational speaker or something. Yeah, like right? the Tony Robbins of, yeah. of, of celestial beings or something. Like, <laughs> Your team won. We did it. Yeah. You sat on the couch. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you know it's uh, good. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, you know, we understand, but they did it. How you be, didn't do anything. But how much went. change would there be at the ch- at the church itself like that? And how much more would that people come in if they actually felt that they could just come in? I, I think it's about humility. Yeah, that's what we're lacking. You yeah. know, and I, I think agree. it said in the Bible somewhere when if anybody thinks there's something when they're nothing, 
they're deceiving themselves. They didn't fall, and, and and that's because everything that we've done or accomplished has been through the power of Jesus Christ. And even if we've been in the faith for so long, I think that's another thing too. You know, like you said, not only what's been accomplished, but people think about their tenure, the time they've been in the faith now. You know, they forget about the time when, you know, if everybody just took this faith as when they first came to the faith, yeah. they kept that same mentality as when yeah. you first came to the faith, rather than I've been in the faith, I'm on the in crowd now. I've done X, Y, Z. I'm all right. Rather than when you're so thankful, you know, when you first get into faith, you're on fire. You're zealous. You're so, oh, man, this is awesome. I can't believe he's allowed me, a sinner, to go ahead and enter into this family of the kingdom of heaven. And as time moves on, we get complacent. We start thinking that, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. Look where I am now. And, And then you start... Turning up your nose. It's hubris over the humility. Biggest, there's no gratitude the, without the humility. The biggest mistake yeah. any of us yeah, can make as Christian true. believers to start turning our nose up because we too was once at that point. We still are. We still yeah. are. Yeah, exactly. I, I, look, I'm bragging on us. I, oh. I'm not I'm not sure this is fair or accurate, but I'll 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 say it anyways. Um one of the things that the leadership's been doing over the last couple of days and over this month is that they're Meeting with just, you know, a number of individual church family and church members and just doing like almost like one-on-one like, hey, you know, tell me about your experience so far. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. What's a distraction to you? What are you attracted most to about the vine? Because they've got some strategic planning sessions coming up with the expanded leadership at the end of the month. So they want to have an awareness, right? Um, But it was interesting because I was sitting in one of those meetings today and the person that was sitting in that meeting said – it was interesting. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what she said, but it was pretty. I thought it was pretty valid. We were talking about um, other religious settings and, and, and church settings she'd been in. She said, "You know, the thing that attracts me most to the vine is the sense of intimacy and authenticity. We've created a place where it's safe to be you, yeah. and that people are welcomed no matter what, and that people can be honest about their brokenness." And she goes. I don't think you realize until you leave this place what a special place that is, right? Yeah. Because that's not every place. And I'm not saying every place, we're better than every place. No. I'm just saying we we have tried very hard. You know, we've been very constant and diligent about preaching the gospel, about preaching Christ, about preaching grace, to the point where every now and then it's like, okay, here Mike goes again, right? And I get it, but I'm like – I just keep hammering away because I'm always like, I don't know if we'll ever, me or you, right, ever get to a place that we can preach this enough because we drift back towards our own hubris. We drift back towards our own pride. So it's like the second you take your foot off the gas, right, you just drift back towards that other way of thinking. And so I've constantly got the foot on on the gas in my mind, right? And it was just interesting to hear her say, like, for all the challenges that the vine has, the thing that, that has kept me and attracted me, made me feel most at home with the vine is the sense of like, hey, you can be, it doesn't matter, right? There's an honesty there. There's an awareness there. There's an intimacy there, an authenticity there. And I was like, to hear somebody else say it, I'm like, we definitely didn't set out to achieve that, 
we we set out to preach grace, we set out to preach the gospel, but one of the byproducts of the gospel is well, it's about Christ and not about us. Mm-hmm. It's a it's about forgiveness and not about judgment of others, right? It's like you know, there's all these trickle down effects that have come because of it, and I I do think that's beautiful, and I think we should be thankful for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. definitely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We were talking, I remember at the men's gathering, we were talking the other night, and I can't remember how he said it, but but Nelson was saying, what did he say? He goes, the vine is not ride or die, but he was like, it's either all or nothing for me. It's, it's Yeah, I, it was Nelson and yeah, I. I remember like, something like, uh, he said something like, uh, you know, I don't remember the phrase. He was he like, this is it for me. Yeah, this <laughs> like, is it for me. This doesn't work out. It's, 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 it's yeah. this or bust. I yeah, think yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm in this true. or bust. And I think there's a mentality about that when you find something that, look, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the vine isn't perfect. There's plenty of problems. I got plenty of problems. But the one thing that we've achieved is is figuring out how to apply grace, I think, to that and teach grace. And and when you do that, even though it's not perfect, there is realness. And when something's real, you'll overlook a lot of the other organizational problems or functional problems. It resonates. It resonates. You could tell how real it is. If this is a telling of a church of what real is, is after the service. Like after the service, you have to be like, right, y'all leaving or like everybody, like everybody stays hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's very telling because trust me, most churches like people just sit as close to the back as possible. They could just bounce it back. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen here, but like. Let's pray you out. Let's pray you out. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, Hurry up. Got to get to Golden Corral. Or when you see a new family coming in. Like I've been, there's a, a new family that started coming in that I've kind of like talked to and helped with the kids in the back and stuff like that. And to hear the kids, you know, of different ages and, and, and the parents talking about the church, I'm like, wow, like I've never experienced something like this. And like, then they come back with more people from their family because they were like, oh yeah, they told me about it. And they said that we're coming back. We're bringing our other sister next week. You know, they were like super excited about it. Um, it's just, and I was, and they were talking about, they were talking to Elizabeth about like their their clothes. They're like, oh, you could just come in, and you know, most places you gotta be like all dressed up, and you could just be yourself. I was like, just be yourself. I was like, we had to talk our past out of wearing sandals. So <laughs> we, we've evolved. So, <laughs> but it's a it's a beautiful thing, I think, when yeah. you have when you have that, and that stays pure, and it's not like a gimmick. It's like what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I say all that to you to say we're about to start a new season at the church. I think the season does come with some uh, challenges. Yeah, opportunities. I think, the, I think there are always opportunities, man. I, like, I love preaching this stuff. I love preaching it, and I'm and I'm saying I won't say things that distract in this either. I, I'm 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 not the pope. I'm not saying things that are, you know, that are canonized. But um. The, but the goal is to go just verse by verse and, and teach the gospel and explain what the gospel is in, in in this book. And I think that when you do that, there's going to be there's going to be some uh, challenges along the way, and it should be interesting. You feel like you're going to be able to like communicate everything that you want in an hour's time, or you're going to allocate time for like let's say like a Wednesday question night. 
or um, that, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about that. We definitely will do our devotionals. Our Wednesday night devotionals will be around this concept too. So some of the verses that we'll cover will come yeah. through the Wednesday night devotionals. Uh, some of the podcasts will go round and round about the subject matters in yeah. deeper ways. But yeah, we might have to have like a question and answer. Yeah, or or somewhere where people can even even on the app that they can just go and yeah. post questions that you can. Do a video and answer a bunch of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. would be cool. Because these th- these tend to really get people. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, I think I think if it scorches the earth, then hey, if, if a controlled burn from the gospel is fantastic. And what happens then? Things healthy things grow after that. Yeah. So. Ooh. Okay. That's why you control the burn. You do the controlled burn yeah, so that from Star Wars. Or, or what do they say? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel that's, that's it farming. Like, it's farming. It's just farming. He said you got that from Star Wars. It's more no, like no, Star Wars. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that's how much of an agrarian society we are not. We yeah. think that farming is Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> Science fiction. Science fiction. What sorcery is this? <laughs> what the gospel is not. So get ready. Pre-read. Let's get started. But we're in the deep again, and we're circling the the uh, tank around works and grace and, and what that looks like and what that means. And and I hope that at the end result, we end up saying things like Paul says, like, no, 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 I'm, I'm happy to bear the, the marks. I'm not happy to be religious, right, because none of my works mean anything. But um, the message of grace won't lead me to do less. It'll lead me to do more, right? Right. So. Amen. Amen. That'll be it. All right. That's as far as we can go for tonight. Appreciate you guys. Love you. Mean it. See you.